science. What is it? What does it do? Who is a scientist? In this issue, we will examine science. <laughs> does that sound official? Maybe I should do that all the time. If I talk like this, it makes me sound smarter. Official. Not really. <laughs> makes me sound like I'm putting on an act. But you know what's funny? So, you know, I departed religion a long time ago. I wouldn't call myself a scientist. But I wouldn't not call myself a scientist. I'm an experimenter, you know. I'm fascinated with scientists. Um, doubt, skepticism, and a demand for um, real inquiry and real hard investigation is something I value. But what I find interesting is it's like um, how many people have looked to science the way some look to religion, you know? They look to the scientist, you know? Well, that's a scientist. Well, how do you know it's a scientist? Well, because he said so, and he's wearing a lab coat. What is science? What is, who is a scientist and who is just using, picking and choosing scientific facts, air quotes, really scientific theories, to, um, and no, there's a debate about that. Um, who, who is using science, who is masquerading as a scientist um, to really promote belief and religion or politics or tyranny or uh, control? What is, let, how about let's just read, I know you don't need to do this, and this is like I'm teaching kindergarten here, but consider myself, consider me the student, okay? I'm doing this for me, and if you want to come along and uh, for the ride, that's fine. And if you don't, turn off the goddamn stereo with your fingers. Okay, science, science, that's the pr pr pronunciation, science. I'm not satisfied with that uh, uh, pronunciation, by the way. Noun, a branch of knowledge or study dealing with a body of facts or truths systematically arranged and showing the operation of general laws, the mathematical sciences. Two, systematic knowledge of the physical or material world gained through observation and experimentation. Hmm. The physical world, the physical or material world, those are the only two outlined. There's maybe there may be other worlds, but maybe there aren't. Um, any branch, any of the branches of natural or physical science. Okay, four, systematized knowledge in general. That's ah, more broad. Five, knowledge as of facts or principles. Knowledge gained by systematic study. Six, a particular branch of knowledge. Seven, skill, especially reflecting a precise application of facts or principles. Proficiency. So that's pretty broad. There's a lot of definitions in there. Lots of them. Pick and choose. You might be a scientist according to that.
Yeah. But let's really get to down to what what we what what people mean when we're talking about science. I think the one that's most most applicable there is the experimentation. You know, the testing, the experimentation based on facts. I'm using air quotes because when you really drill down to it, down into it, at the uh, one level of scientists, you've got guys that are hooking wires up to things and seeing if they sizzle. If you go back to Tesla and Edison electrocuting elephants, <laughs> that's one si- one version of science. Uh, rubbing cosmetic into a monkey's eyes, see if he lives or dies. You know, sewing an ear onto the back of a mouse or actually putting stem cells and growing an ear on a mouse. You've seen that picture, right? That's science. Um, so when you're engaged in science, is it good or bad to d- drag belief into it? I would say it's not very good because the point of science is to test to see how things actually work and not to see how you wish they would work or how you think they will work. It's to actually do away with belief and get to the core of things. It's a process that I think is fantastic. It's kind of what I like. That's what I like about science is the... Uh, getting rid of bullshit, you know, by really thinking and examining and trying to get, trying to do experiments that can be repeated, you know, so that you can actually make a prediction. And we're not talking about a general prediction, but a very specific prediction. If I hook these wires up to this monkey, it will scream. <laughs> Almost always to any monkey, you know. Being able to predict, you know, math, and when you go into uh, physics, you know, math, the math part of science, and that's of course not the only part of science, um, physics is predicting where a ball might be given its energy and time and distance and blah, 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 you know. Very good practical usages of stuff like that. GPS wouldn't work without Einstein's theories. Or would it? Can you invent something without the theory first? What is Einstein doing? What is Schrodinger doing? What are these guys doing when they're making these theories? Well, they're trying to explain how everything works. The rules behind how things work. You know, they're not making things work necessarily. When Einstein is talking about throwing a ball in the back of a, on the back of a moving truck, and the theory of relativity, he's not actually throwing the ball. You know that magic that's happening between those two people tossing a ball back and forth is happening by um, the, the people throwing the ball basketball player is actually doing the scientist or the theorist you know theoretical physicist is explaining 
how he does it at both macro and micro levels. Right? Kind of, that's what he's doing. Anyway, so, this is kind of hard to breach this subject. So, when somebody says they're a scientist, what are they really saying? Are they saying that they have theories about the future? That they're predicting how something will happen? And if they do that, aren't they going to have to show um, repeated results on that thing? You know, if you predict something's going to happen, I predicted if I hook these electrodes up to this monkey, a certain brand, a certain type of cooking will occur at this level of voltage, and if I turn it up a certain other, a certain level, his hair will catch on fire. All right, well, we need a hundred monkeys. We need to try this over and over again. Yep, sure enough, all the monkeys were cooked. A lot of screaming. Terrible experiment. Who authorized this? But that's what ex experimentation does. You have to have repeatable results. You know, you've got to be able to do it and say, okay, we did it over and over again. But guess what? There's always worry that somebody else is going to come along and go, you were wrong. <laughs> and there's probably not a field of study in the world that has been as disproven as science over and over again. And the wonderful thing about it is, and the difference about science and perhaps what religions do is a good scientist wants to be proven wrong. Or maybe they don't want it. I mean, the science wants it. The concept wants it. The principle of science wants to find things that are wrong as much as it wants to find things that are right because it's a process of weeding out bad ideas and narrowing down and reducing until it can't be reduced anymore. And when they think they can't reduce something anymore, then they think they found a fact. And the scientists I trust the most, personally, are the ones that use air quotes when they talk about facts. <laughs> you know, because there's always somebody that comes along and turns the table over and go, You were wrong, dipshit. You know, if you want to go down a, a wormhole <laughs> or a rabbit hole on the internet, just start Googling or start looking on YouTube for physicists talking about time. Does time exist? You know? And you can watch this. Is, I just watched a whole series of videos where this guy, I can't remember his name. I'm not very smart, by the way, which is why I'm not a scientist. Um, where this physicist uh, interviews a bunch of other theoretical physicists about the nature of time. And you've got a bunch of people trying to describe... Th they say that they're trying to describe time uh, or answer these questions in layman's terms, but uh, most of the terms are not layman's terms because I'm a layman and I have a hard time keeping up. And I have to rewind and watch again, you know. But what I do understand is when I, I can see them all disagreeing with one another, you know. So amongst these supposedly smartest people on the planet, there is plenty of disagreement about just whether or not time exists, you know, the way we think it exists, you know, or whether the way we think it exists, this linear version of time, past, present, and future, whether it's even relevant to actual uh, science. And then, of course, you can 
go down that rabbit hole further and you can see where uh, Schrodinger and Einstein disagreed about certain things related to the laws of uh, the, the the law of relativity versus uh, Schrodinger's um, theory about quantum mechanics meaning and it, should I give you a summary a summary here this is what I understand you've probably all heard the Schrodinger's cat in a box theory which is that um, if there's a cat in the box and some dynamite or whatever poison there's a 50% chance it will go off and kill the cat and a 50% chance it won't and um, you won't know until you open up the box and until the box is open the cat is both dead and alive the dynamite has both blown up and not blown up it exists in both states until you look at it and then once you look at it that's when it's determined whether it's alive or dead you know and uh that that's the theory the basic theory behind quantum mechanics that um Particles observe are everywhere, and the possibility and the probability is the only thing that exists. But it only it only reduces into a point once it's observed, which to me just means basically like everything is possible until it is observed, and then it becomes whatever it is that is observed. <laughs> anyway. I haven't found a really good explanation of any of this stuff so far, and everybody seems to be arguing about it. And the the come away I have from it is that um, that theory seems to be that there's a big grand design uh, that doesn't want to be found out, and so it really doesn't resolve very well with uh, making fun of creationists, actually, because if it's designed then there's a designer. You know, if there's a rule, then there's a rule maker. I don't know. But just so you know, Schrodinger quit. He got frustrated with his own analogies and his own theories. He wrote it out. Everybody seems to love it. It's a bunch of gobbledygook. Um, if you don't know a lot about math, you'll look at it and you'll go, holy shit, this is Greek. And some of it is Greek, actually, legit- legitimately. Um... But he quit. He didn't like it. He didn't like it. He went back into a different science after he did that. So um, that's a bit of a tangent. Look it up. Look it up. Go look at those things. But better than that is when people are trying to describe the universe. It's all fun and dandy to look out in the universe and go, what does it all mean? What is everything? What is the underlying rule behind everything? Yet, if you want to go down another rabbit hole, see how all these physicists and neurologists think about and philosophers think about the nature of self or free will or consciousness right and then you'll find that nobody knows what's going on if you've been listening to my podcast my mom had a stroke last month right and when she came out of it we thought oh well this she's going to be a goner because i had a friend named Kevin that had a stroke too and uh, he while I can understand him it's it's hard for him to uh, uh, express himself you know obviously the lights are all on inside but he has a hard time controlling his muscles and everything to get language out and my mom was just like him on her first day 
barely could talk, but I could see the lights were on. I thought, oh boy. I thought, well, she's, he's pro- she's probably going to take the course of Kevin. Well, a month later, she's been working her ass off. And I just got off the phone call. In fact, she interrupted this podcast. There's a little edit back there, but you didn't hear it. But she called to read a whole bunch of lists of words because she's really practicing very hard to get her language back. Now, um, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's kind of amazing that she was able to get her language back. She's back to 100% intelligibility. Um, Now it's just that her enunciation is slow because she has to really think about it. But that's all going to come back too, I can tell. She's going to be back to 100% within a month. And this is like two months after a stroke where everybody was... and, and, And by the way, when the doctors were coming in, I was asking them a lot of questions. And the basic thing was, we don't know. We don't know. Could be, well, she can... Rec- I don't know. Could be, there's so many variables, you know, and they don't know that much about the brain. Well, my friend Matthew posted is a wonderful uh, little speech by a guy named Dr. Egnor, E-G-N-O-R. And I suggest you look it out. It's on my Facebook wall. But... um He's a neuroscientist who really, boy, he just, he's uh, making an argument against materialism. And if, to break down what materialism is, is materialism is a belief or a, uh, an idea that everything is based in the physical world, that everything can be explained through physics completely, you know, that it's all we are all just matter and our consciousness is in our brain and everything that happens is just the transfer of energy real conservation of energy from this particle to that particle from this matter to that matter and that there's nothing else besides that but his experiments show that you know you can cut parts of the brain apart and take parts of the brain out but yet consciousness and the person still seem to exist and the idea is that if you can do that to the matter and still have the person exist, then there might be something outside of that matter. And the people that think that maybe there might be something outside of the physics, physical world as we know it, the people who believe there might be, are known as dualists. And I think I might be leaning towards possible dualism. Well, certainly, if, you're, if you just dismiss dualism it doesn't seem like a very scientific mindset doesn't it does it because i think a a scientific mindset would keep a door at least cracked open you don't need to keep every door cracked open i'm not talking about believing in a big invisible fish that controls everything you know but in the absence of um proof that it's definitely material those experiments anyway listen to dr egnor's uh evidence against materialism it's a really good talk um really good interview and he which is what i really like he's the kind of scientist i really like because he's not just a theorist he's actually you know slicing brains apart (laughs) you know it's really he's getting in there and poking stuff you know, I like that. That's the kind of experimentation I like. When somebody calls themselves a scientist in that way, 
I listen because I go, oh, well, you're a doer. You're not just a talker. Um, and by the way, when you say you're an artist, you are an artist when you engage in doing art. Right? It's not just the title of a profession. Same with scientist. So long as you are engaged in the scientific method or scientific pursuits, you are a scientist at the moment you're doing that. Right? Um, that doesn't mean you do only that. When you say you're a scientist, that doesn't include everything. You still have emotions. You still cry. You're still a human there's nothing about being a scientist that suddenly separates you from all the laws of physics and the natural world. You don't suddenly have this magic ability to step outside of it. Do you know what I'm saying? You don't become omniscient in any way. You know, If anything, it's an admission that you're not omniscient. Um, where am I going with this? So... Greta, that's where I'm going with this. Greta, child wonder, child genius, autistic, gives all these speeches about science of global, the global crisis, you know. And it's all science. And if you challenge somebody, some um, this happened to me on Facebook, uh, somebody will say, well, I'm a scientist and you're an artist. This person actually said this to me. I'm a scientist and you're an artist. These are different uh, specialties. And I was like, well, <laughs> but that's not an argument. If you're going to make an argument about a global crisis uh, uh, that we've never seen before, that the world is going to end, then you need to present data and you need to present all the data, not just cherry-picking data. And you need to be uh, present arguments to that can be uh, your evidence, as in a court, needs to be um, picked apart in an adversarial type way. That's what's kind of good about the theory of our justice system. You get one person presenting evidence, and then you get the, the, the other side that says, well, this is why your evidence sucks. You know, you pick it apart as an adversary, literally to try to be, to try to tear it apart. But that doesn't sound very constructive. Oh, but it is, though. That destruction, or that attempt to destroy, or that attempt to, you know, refute, is very productive and necessary. And I've noticed a lot of people claiming to be scientists who are absolutely not interested in um, an opposing viewpoint at all. And for me, that kind of, you know, destroys the little badge. It kind of takes their little badge that they're wearing. I'm a scientist! And melts it down and turns it into dust. It's, I don't think you get to call yourself a scientist if you believe that science is settled. Even the idea, when you hear somebody say, that's settled science... You can, you can pretty much guess that they don't have a very wide view of what science means. Because that's not how real scientists think. 
They don't think in terms of it's settled. They think in terms of theory. This is what we think, and we're still testing. We're experimenting. We're trying to prove things wrong or right. We have these theories, and now we're going to build this big, huge building to race some particles (laughs) at a billion miles an hour to smash into each other to see if our theory is correct. You know? And we're waiting to see if it's correct. Not, it is correct. And even when they move on to that, it is correct, that theory, then that opens up a whole new can of worms. The point is, is when you don't know where consciousness comes from, the very basis of uh, this conversation is consciousness. Nothing exists without it. Without your consciousness and my consciousness coming together, thinking, then we know nothing. So that very basic building block hasn't even been close to being resolved at all. Not even close. So how, when we've got it inside of our bodies and our consciousness is so close to us, that we think it's so close to us and we don't have that, how do we trust Anybody who says they can predict the future and they can tell you exactly what's going to happen with the weather and with the earth and with populations in the future. Uh, My friend Christina put a list of all these dire warnings of people acting like they're scientists, but really they're politicians. They're making predictions, dire predictions, bad predictions, Armageddonist, end-of-the-world, chicken-little predictions to get you to conform to this or that behavior, usually a tax, usually by giving up something, usually by shutting down this industry and giving a boost to that industry. It's usually about shuffling money from here and putting it over there or shuffling power from this uh, group to that group. You know, power and control. Why? Because of science. But that's the problem is we can't. We can't rely on a predict a future a prediction of the future now can we we can look and see who's really smart and who's playing it smart and going ah i don't know if you keep those wires hooked up to that monkey and you keep turning up that voltage it's probably gonna die those are some pretty simple predictions right but the world ending in 11 years that same old prediction that we've heard over and over and over again for our entire lives. My entire life, I'm only 52, but I've heard predictions about the end of the world. Every, there's never been a week go by that I haven't heard a dire prediction about the future. And all of those predictions, they've already come and gone. The time and limits of hundreds of them have come and gone. Enough already (laughs) with your predictions of the end. You know? It's probably not going to happen. Does this mean we shouldn't listen to the best of scientists? No. But actually find the scientist. Don't find the guy who wrote the article about the consensus of scientists. Because he's probably tricking you. He's got a different motive than the scientists have. When you hear a a, a statistic that 95% of scientists agree that human beings have an effect on global warming. 
Yeah, of course they do. I have an effect. If I light a fire, I'm having an effect. But how much? How serious is it? And what will happen? That's where scientific consensus all seems to fall apart because different scientists have different ideas about what to do and what is going on. Let's see what happens if we fill the oceans with plastic. That's actually science, you know that? To, to do something terrible that you think is terrible and see what happens? That too is science. Let's see what happens if I uh, fill this gentleman's eyeballs with feces. Science, not the best science, (laughs) but it is science. A lot of science has been banned, rightfully so, you know. Or maybe not rightfully so, I'm not going to say that, I don't know. But we can see why, we can see why somebody would not want that science. We We can see why... Uh, certain people don't want to breed a pig with a human, you know. Hell, there are a lot of scientists that are deathly afraid of science. Certain experiments just shouldn't be done. Well, why? Because of what? Morals, ethics, religion? Why? It's complicated, this whole thing about, it's. I'm a scientist, believe me. No, it's not that simple. It's not that simple. And that faith that you're putting in science is no better than the faith that you're putting in religion. Faith, the good thing about science is that faith and belief aren't required. You never need to say, I believe in science. In fact, you should never say, I believe in science, because it's kind of a stupid thing to say. You know, I believe in it. It's not required. I engage in science might be better. Or I like science. Or I prefer using scientific methods to contrast the things I've observed with other things that other people have observed or, or things that I observe in different states after certain periods of times. You know, I believe in science. It's a dumb thing to say. It really is. Um, use science to formulate theories then test those theories and keep your goddamn eyes and ears open for better evidence and when you find it give it a good ass kicking make sure send it to your colleagues your friends and have them double check test it out you know On every level, with your thoughts and your ideas, test it out. Open your mouth. Test out your theories and your ideas against others. Have a good debate, you know. Don't be so certain you've got all the answers. And don't worry so goddamn much. That's not going to help you. If an asteroid hits the world, an asteroid hits the world. Adapt or die. Take cover, you know. Prepare. And I'm not trying to take a shit on scientists, science, nor am I at all trying to take a shit on conservation and being smart. Don't waste stuff. That's not even smart. It's not resourceful. I would say that a, a scientific approach would be to manage your 
resources in a frugal manner. Unless you're a mad scientist. <laughs> the evil mad scientist just wants to blow the world up to see what happens. To see if he's a see if he really has a spirit. You see if he's actually a dualist or a materialist. Faith or for your trust, you're probably not dealing with a scientist. You're probably dealing with a politician or a criminal or a religious um, leader, often the same people. Um, because if a, sci- a scientist wants your scrutiny, you know, they don't ask for your faith. They don't ask for your trust. They ask for your scrutiny. They ask for your review. Please review my work. Scrutinize it. Give me as much time as you can give to this thought or this idea. I'm interested in your results. I'm interested in your data. So is that clear? Scrutiny. Scientists invite it. Charlatans do not. Thanks for listening.